without constant enforcement by the state, we are only as good as our word. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Whittle with my friend Alfonso Rachel, and this is the show where we try to talk a little bit about the morality, not only underneath politics, but just in everyday life. Uh, Zoe, we had uh, a couple of member suggestions for the show here, and I realized that I can actually combine the two. Um, One of them was, uh, why don't you guys talk about faithfulness, you know, commitment, that kind of thing. And I thought that's a great topic, so I wrote that down. And another suggestion was uh, about the story of Regulus, which I didn't know, and I'm I'm up on my history. Regulus is a is a star, uh, and I've known about Regulus for a long time, but I didn't know who it was named after. And then I realized when this member sent in this uh, question, explained the story of Regulus, I realized that actually is an ultimate expression of faithfulness. So let me give you the story, and then and then we can uh, talk about this idea of being true to your word. So Regulus was a Roman who was captured by the Carthaginians. Roman Carthage were at war with each other for hundreds of years, and Hannibal had come and kicked the Romans' butt, although I don't know if that happened before or after this story. So uh, Regulus was a was a Roman, high-ranking Roman, who was captured by the Carthaginians and uh, was about to be tortured to death. That's what they did with their prisoners. And basically, the Carthaginians said, we will let you go back to Rome if you argue in front of the Senate, that basically they should leave us alone. And if you don't do that, then um, you, you, you'll be tortured. You promise to come back. And he said, I, yeah, I promise to come back. So he went to Rome. And in front of the Senate, he said, Carthage, Carthage must be destroyed. They're absolutely evil, horrible people, and they're a threat to the Roman Republic, at which point the Roman Senate is getting ready to declare another war and get all the ships ready to go. And Regulus goes back to Carthage, where he broke the terms of his release, but said, swore that he'd come back, and he did go back, and he was tortured to death. And the person who submitted this was a school teacher, and she said, I cannot get my, I think it was seventh graders, I cannot get my seventh graders to understand this. They're all saying things like, well, he's, he, he's out, he's safe, he's free, they're not holding hostages, uh, they're about to go to war. Why do something stupid like go back to Carthage and, and, and get tortured to death? So why don't we start there, Zoe? Why do something stupid like go back to Carthage and get tortured to death? Well, okay, so it does sound... It sounds valiant, don't it? Um, I'm probably going to get in some trouble here, man, but I'm, I might find myself in the camp of the students. I might. Okay, gonna, that's why I'm, we have discussions instead of instead of uh, litanies. Right? So, okay, here's the deal. Um, he already had a commitment to his country, right? That, that, that was already the first commitment. Um, so him going to and getting captured by Carthage, um, and saying, okay, you're going to release me. And as long as I, as, as long as I fit this term, uh, you know, you'll, we, we can, we can go ahead and settle this. And then I come back, you know, and I, I mean, he didn't make an agreement that he would come back and allow them to torture him, but here's the deal. It just sounds like selective. It sounds like selective commitment. He it's, did. He did actually, he did make a commitment. He said, if I don't, they said, if we will let you go, if you swear that you will defend Carthage in the Senate, and if not, 
then you promise you'll come back and get the punishment you deserve, which I, I assume that that's so he knew in advance. Yes, that 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 was the, the terms of the deal. But he but as Darth Vader would say, I am now altering the deal. <laughs> so he, he but left. Darth Vader, <laughs> Darth Vader is not a paragon of morality or virtue. He's the opposite of that. Indeed. This is exactly what Hitler said. You know, basically, I've right. changed the deal. Hope just pray that I do not change it further. Now, in this one, this 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 change of the deal has it seems to have some redeeming value uh, because it's, it's evidently Carthage. They're not nice guys. And he's going back and say, look, man, these people are not nice people. Uh, you need and to destroy ne- them. Neither were the Romans. Exactly. It's hard, hard to say whose side to come down on on that one. Right, right. So even with that, uh, who is the upholder of, of virtue here? If, if both of them can be actually pretty brutal. Um, but that, that would be me, um, kind of looking at both sides of it. Cause I can understand the valiance. I can understand Arius. Look, man, I give you my word, but I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to basically, uh, cancel the agreement. However, but because I'm going to do that, <clears throat> and I know what it's going to cost you, I will come back and I will hand myself over to you. And like I said, that does seem valiant, <clears throat> but like I said, he's already got a commitment to his native land. He's uh, already but, got his... Mm-hmm. But... Give me the, give me the but. When, <laughs> well, when, when he comes to the Roman Senate, mm-hmm. and rather than saying, oh, it should be nice to Carthage, when he comes to the Roman Senate and says, you must destroy Car- uh, Carthage, he is fulfilling his prior obligation to Rome. He's telling the Romans the truth. So he is fulfilling his obligation. Ah, you can make okay. the case that the reason he went, took the deal in the first place, was that the Romans needed to know just how, how messed up these, these Carthaginians were and how riled up and all the rest of it. So, so he fulfilled his duty to Rome. He didn't lie. If he'd lied in order to save his life, he would be a traitor to Rome. Mm-hmm. But he did just the opposite. But the main point of this is, is he went back to face the consequences of giving his word when he didn't have to. Mm. So he had. Now, when you say he didn't have to, meaning that he had, there was no. Uh, he was he was safe in Rome. There were no hostages. He just gave his word that if he didn't defend Rome, I guess he gave his Rome as a gave his word as a Roman citizen. He gave his word that if he didn't tell the Roman Senate to, hey, Carth- Carthage is awesome that he would come back and accept the punishment. They made him swear on that, and he did. And so here he is in Rome. He says he does his obligation to the Roman people by saying they're our enemy and, and they're, they're serious. And at this point, he's safe in Rome. They're about to attack Rome or, or uh, Carthage. They're fighting all the time. Yeah, yeah. Basically, he's back behind friendly lines in a life of comfort, and he gets on a boat and sails to Carthage and is killed because he promised that's what he would do. God, I, I I can dig that. The, the, the re, if there's any redeeming value I could see in it, it's like, look, we're at war against, I guess, people that we just see as nice guys. And I'm going to show you what decency looks like. You guys have no honor, right? I, th- I think that you guys are a bunch of uh, barbarians or whichever. Yeah. I'm going to show you what civility and honor looks like. I'm going to go ahead okay. and I'm going to do this. And the reason why we're going to do this is because you people are, you're savages, right? Is I, I don't think you guys are civilized and I don't think you guys are nice people. So I think that you need to be destroyed. But the one thing, if there's going to be a lesson that's going to be learned from this is I'm going to have to go ahead and cheat, is, is I'm going to have to teach you. I'm going to have to show you what teaching, uh, I'm going to have to show you what honor, integrity, and decency, if you will, looks like. I'm going to come back and I'm going to keep my word because you guys really don't know. I don't think you guys know what that looks like. So I can see that in that. However, um, Allowing 
see now this is where I'm gonna catch myself, Bill, but these there's still this is still two different dynamics. Mm-hmm. Allowing oneself to be put to death at the hands of evil people, it doesn't seem to make sense. But if I said that, then I'd have to stop being a Christian because the Lord handed himself. There you go. He handed himself over to us. And we're not nice people. No, we're not. (laughs) Well, we can be. We can be. We often are. In fact, I think we usually are. Yeah. But see, that's the point, right? Uh, And by the way, I think that that the... that the the thing that drove him, his sense of honor, is an internal thing. It, there may have been a benefit by having the Carthaginians see what what Rome was made of, but basically, mm-hmm. if 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 they'd said to him, "You're going to go off on this mountain someplace and you have to jump off," I think he would have done it, regardless of whatever lesson he could have taught them. It's an internal thing, and the thing that that is, I think, most uh, most germane to this argument is is that seventh graders today could not understand it. I understood it, and mm-hmm. and. My dad's generation understood it. I think most Americans understood it. Give me liberty or give me death is is a slogan to us. Mm-hmm. But for those guys, it was absolute reality. And this idea of, of being faithful, being true to your word at all costs, doesn't just have to deal on this macro level with the fate of empires. The original question was about, was about fidelity, mm-hmm. you know, faithfulness, fidelity. Being true to your marriage vows, you made a promise, and I have no doubt whatsoever, you can think of many wonderful reasons why you shouldn't have to keep that promise, but that's kind of not the point. Indeed, man, and that's why the Lord says, you know, the the word is going to tell you, let your yes be your yes, let your no be your no. You say it, you mean it. You don't need to swear by what's on earth. You don't need to swear by anything in heaven or anything like that. You don't need to, you don't need need to assume to call on such authorities to do that. If you say it, say it like you mean it, whether it's yes or whether it's whether it's no, and then do it. Um, You know, and the Lord has made very stark demonstrations of like, look, man, when I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. You know, if I have to have these animals right here and walk between them or pass between them to show you what can go down if you break my word, you know, and if I don't keep this word, this will be done to me. Right. So and and regardless of which, even if you don't do it, I'm still going to pick up the slack for you. So, you know, and and considering and as you said, yes, we, we can be decent peaceful. Of course, a lot of times, you know, we're not a lot of times we are, you know, give and take. It depends on what part of the world you're in. Right. Or, or just what climate. But. The bottom line is none of us can actually live up to this this stature, this statue of righteousness. And the Lord took that upon himself and he gave his word to do it. He took an oath to do it. And while being under, just like you said, no under under no uh, obligation to do it, as he says, I have given to you freely. I didn't exempt myself from this from this position in order for your lives to be saved. This is what I'm going to have to do. But I really don't have to. Right. But he did it anyway. So and and, and to this day, and I, I think a lot of people are in that seventh grader mode to where it's like, why would this Jesus do that? What was the point? He sounds like it sounds like he failed. You know, he went and did that and still looks like there's war and there's hunger and and all this sort of stuff. Why would he do that? And that's one of the reasons why people have such a hard time believing him or believing in him because they don't see the point. And I think to this day, a lot of the world is still in that seventh grader class mode. Yeah. I mean, Jesus could have just bugged out if he wanted to. Sure. Right. right. So 
So this is, I think I can probably encapsulate this idea of faithfulness, at least for my own self. I think that the, a pretty nifty little definition of faithfulness is if you're given the choice between doing the right thing and the smart thing, hmm. you choose the right thing. Hmm. Well, I'd like to think that the smart thing and the right thing are are, are, are synonymous with each other. Well, the, you could you you already made the case that, that that the smart thing for Regulus to do was not to go back. Mm-hmm. That they were evil people, and that that he had he had no obligation to them other than his own sense of word. And and you you certainly could argue and that well, I made a promise under duress, and mm-hmm. uh, now under duress, by the way, is a genuine thing. You know, you can say things with a gun to your head that you don't have to live up to. That's that's. That's something, but this is different. He he made the promise under duress to some degree, but then he was out of duress. Then he put himself back into duress uh, because he said he would. And the reason that this is so important is that in a, in a free society, without constant enforcement by the state, we are only as good as our word. One of the things that you hear so often from from my dad's generation and really even from my grandfather's generation is we never locked our cars and we didn't have contracts. All we had was a handshake. How many times have you heard that? Well, if you're young, you probably haven't heard that at all. But I heard it all the time growing up. Did you go? No, and we didn't have a contract. I know a guy who built an entire casino, Mm. multi-million dollar contract on a handshake. Mm. And he did it because he, he was an honorable man and he thought that his business partner was an honorable man. Turned out he was. And this assumption of faithfulness is what makes a free society function. And if you start taking that away, then you have to start contractualizing everything, which is why I've always had a problem with uh, prenuptial agreements, right? Mm. <laughs> it's like, I've got all this money. Yeah. And you're going to marry me, yeah. And you agree that if we get divorced, then you don't get to have half of the money that I've already got to sign on the line. (laughs) What that's saying is to me is that you're not real serious about this marriage. You know, you're not you're not you're not all in because before you even get married, you are figuring your way out. Right. (laughs) And and that's that's a cascading event when when you. When you are confronted with the, the smart thing and the right thing, it, it's a little bit tough. Now, I, I, I don't want to get myself into a great deal of trouble with an entire you know, section of, of, of the world, uh, not to mention the United States. But sometimes I see this in, in, um, in Jewish history. It, it seems to me like they're trying to um, finesse a, a commandment. For me, for, me, for example, uh, the business about how uh, in, in Orthodox Jewry, you, you, you're forbidden from taking a, a blade to your face. And many of them use electric razors and argue it's not a blade. Looks like they got <laughs> God on a, on a technicality, right? This kind of thing. And, and, you know, using a stick to push a button for an elevator. You know what I mean? It's like you, you, you know full well what the actual commandment is, but you're looking for a way to kind of finesse it, you know? Uh, uh, I got you. I got you, God. There's a little loophole you left here. See, and and it, certainly it's not just it's not just Jews that do that. Everybody justifies their own behavior, but yes. that kind of thing is antithetical to the handshake, to the honorable agreement, gentleman's agreement, and 
And what the case of Cincinnatus, I'm sorry, not Cincinnatus, Regulus shows mm. is that right up until really, honestly, pretty much the present day, your word was your bond. And if you broke your word, then you were essentially persona non grata. You, you're, 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 not, you're not welcome here with the rest of us honorable people. Man, okay, so uh, let me, let me um, that was heavy, man. Let me, let me start with um, saying that, uh, speaking of commitment, uh, I'm not totally committed to the uh, uh, point that I was making. It was basically for, for discussion. So let me present another side to this, you know, and, and this see where This is why discussions are so important and why stifling discussion is the end of the country. That's right. And even though I'm not committed- Because we learn things. Yes. But even though I still think it was a pretty uh, decent uh, other side of the argument, to bring us yeah, around to, you know, to uh, to what this commitment looked like, of course, like in the, in the, uh, in the person of of uh, Jesus, which I think is, is, a, is a, you know, very- powerful lesson in itself. Um, but let me, when it comes to that handshake deal, when, when, when people say, uh, you know, we lived in a time where we had, we could make a handshake deal. That's, that's starting with the beginning of our creation. Uh, mm -hmm. the word says that sin went out into the world before the law did. So up until Moses was called to codify these ordinances, this morality that we have, that wasn't written down. For a long time, people could say, well, pff, ain't no law written says that I can't do that. And people took full advantage of that. But basically for a long time, it was, yeah, you abide by this unwritten law. Unwritten um, law. It was an unwritten law, but it was one of those things where it's like, don't you kind of get the idea of doing to others that you would have done unto you? Don't make See, that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the thing. That's why it's unwritten, because yes. it's so obvious. Because it because it should transcend. I mean, it should be clear to yes. people that yes. that this is what good people do. And right. if you don't want to be a good person, yes, you get to rip me off this one time. But mm -hmm. in in a society that used to exist, you would destroy your reputation in order to do that. And for many many people. That was a form of death. And by the way, when I say many people, this this honor thing that we're talking about here, I'm not saying faithfulness and commitment are can't apply to women. On the contrary, they, they seem to be generally much fuller of this than men are. But I remember we were talking about this concept of honor before. I said men have, have, have taken honor to this point because they can afford to. Mm -hmm. uh, if you've got kids to feed, there's no promise. I mean, like here in your arms, there's no promise you can make that's going to have you starve those kids, right? But if you're on the other side of the world and you're in a red uniform, you know, and you got your saber and all the rest of it, you can you can afford honor. And this is why there's presumably why there was at one point in this in this world a, a differentiation between the sexes because men could afford to be honorable because essentially they had nothing to lose. Right. Mm. They, they had their own <laughs> lives to lose. And and the inability to understand this decision of Regulus, you don't have to agree with it. I both understand it and agree with it. I like to think, mm. well, uh, I, I like to think I would be made out of that same stuff. So on the question of whether you're made out of that same stuff, mm. uh, what size check would it take? to get you to renounce Christ publicly. How much would I have to pay you? Oh man, uh, my reward is in heaven, man. I don't want I don't want to receive an earthly reward. Okay, it sounds good. What, what are we <laughs> talking? A million, five million, hundred million? Man, what uh, about a hundred? What, what about a hundred? You're probably about, about the smartest guy I know. 
And I don't think even you could count that high. I will give you 500, <laughs> what if I gave you $500 million to renounce Christ? And furthermore, Zoe, mm. if you publicly renounced him, think of all the good you could do. Think of all the churches you could build, all the outreach, all the missions, all the, all the, all the, all the charity, all the, think of how much you could spread the word of Christ for $500 million and all you had to do was just openly renounce Christ. You don't even have to do it within your heart. You just have to come out and say it. Mm. Uh, but my, the demonstration would already be made that I could sell out my faith. That would already be the big lesson. So even if I had all that money, what good would it say to, oh, I'm going to build these churches and stuff like that? Yeah, you built all these churches and stuff like that, but you got paid off to do that. It's, I would already show the lesson was fake. I, I knew the answer to this question before I asked you, mm. because this, this, we're, we're built very much alike in a lot of ways. Mm. And I have given this very serious thought, and I have a person been in financial straits for most of my life, and I have wondered, is there a check that could be written to get me to renounce the things I believe in and that I've spoken about publicly or renounce marriage vows or anything like that? Is there a check that could be written that could buy me? Mm. And the answer is no. And there's a great, great, great example of this. I've heard it attributed, I think, to a few different people, but the last time I heard it attributed was to Churchill, sounds like Churchill, but I, mm. I don't know that. I do know the quote, though. An English gentleman is sitting next to this, uh, this beautiful young lady, and they're on like some long train or a long party, so they have a chance to, you know, to talk for a while. And, and this is back in the 1800s, I want to say, when money was worth a lot more. And he turns to her and basically says, would you sleep with me for a thousand pounds, which was insane amount of money, insane amount of money back then. And she said, well, well yes, yes, I would. <laughs> And he says, well, how about for one pound? And she said, well, what kind of girl do you think I am? And he said, we already know what kind of girl you are. We're just trying to figure out a price. And Ooh. yeah, just trying to settle on a price. And that to me was crystal clear because it's not a spectrum. Like so much else in life, it is in fact binary. It's on or it's off. Either you can be bought or you can't. Mm -hmm. you, you, if you if you can't be bought, then there's no amount of money or or rewards that will make you change your deeply held beliefs. If you can be bought, then you can say, well, I'll make a stand at $1,000 and I'll be honest for a million dollars and I'll be honest for $100 million, but at $500 million, you got me. So it really is a question of, of on or off. And when I think about all the damage that's being done to our society and the world, by the way, more every day, I realize this is not just an American problem, it's a worldwide problem. When I think about all of the people who have broken their oaths, I, I, can't, I can't get my head around it. I, I, I'm not naive enough to say it's not happening. I used to be. I'm not anymore. But while I watch it happen... I say to myself, there is something fundamentally, fundamentally different between me and this person who is maybe in the pay of China and is working to give them secrets, let's say. Let's just take something simple like that. It's a guy who works for, you know, uh, the electric boat company in Groton, and there's a new propeller design that makes our subs more quiet. This is what actually happened. I'll give it to the Soviets for $100,000. I, I cannot relate to that. I hear you, man. And, it's, and that's why, you know, even when talking about commitment or keeping your word, committed to what is really what it comes down to, because there are going to be people who are committed to doing evil things. You have, as, as uh, you know, have people who are 
show themselves as honorable and trustworthy when they carry out things that are not favorable things to do to other people. But, hey, I kept my word to do this and, you know, to, to have their upstanding uh, uh, to have to keep good, good standing in whatever group that they're in. Or even just a, a, a moment ago when you brought up um, people exploiting loopholes, like, say, for instance, in a, um, with uh, with the Hebrews. Looking at the uh, the laws that they were given, like saying, you know, shaving their beards, you know, we, well, as long as we use a, an electric razor, it's OK. We don't we're well, not taking a blade to our to our face. Yeah. Right. See, now, things like that, the, the commitment to exploit a loophole and the commitment to be in denial about something, even that is is really tragic to look at, because if, if I could explain really quick, Bill. This sure. this strange law, the Levitical laws seem really strange. And they, the reason why they seem really strange, because people are like, man, who's going to do that? That's not what the Levitical laws are for. The Levitical laws are to point you who the, rede- the, who the Redeemer is. They, they'll stand out because you look at them and it's like, what, really? Like, say, for instance, you're not supposed to shave around your head. When it says that you're not to, to um, round the corners of your head or round around your head, the word for that is is to mean to strike. You're not supposed to strike around the head. So when, when they're saying uh, they're thinking that they're supposed to let these things grow around their head, it's pointing to what is semblant of the crown. Your head, your hair is a symbol of glory. Right. And it's talking about the crown. That word being Nezer, meaning the consecrated crown, where Jesus is from. Jesus is from Nazareth. Nazareth being rooted in the word Nezer, he's the consecrated crown. When it says that you are not to, to, to round the corners of your beard, the word for that is going to be mar, and it means to disfigure. Before they were done with Jesus, he was quite disfigured as as per the prophecy of Isaiah. They beat him until he was nobody had been beaten and torn apart the way Jesus had and could still be standing. So when it's talking about Martin and when your beard is grown out like that. The, the beard is like a symbol of royalty, which Jesus is the king. Jesus had enough of a beard for them to take a fistful of it and snatch it out of his face. This is all telling you what's going to happen to Jesus, who he is, what he's going to do and what's going to happen to him. They're all clues for that. It's not about making a religion of shaving your head or not shaving your head a certain way or not shaving your beard a certain way. It's to give you these mnemonics to say that when the Redeemer shows up and these things start happening to him, you're supposed to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's the guy. I think you better take your hands off him. I'll just wrap this up uh, with uh, this. Uh, I've heard a a number of women say this uh, back when I was a dating guy. Uh, It's fairly common for women today in modern society to say that if you go out on a date with a a guy, don't pay attention to how he treats you. Pay attention to how he treats the waiter Mm. because he's doing his best to impress you. When he's dealing with the waiter – He's kind of off his guard. You really kind of get to see what's really underneath there. You're no longer in that moment. You're not a part of an advertising campaign, which is what he's putting on for you. Watch how he treats the waiter. I always thought that was really remarkably good advice. Mm. And um, and so, you know, if if seventh graders can't underst- at least understand this, then we got a lot of work to do, a <laughs> lot of work to do. And 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 by the way. It is possible to make them understand this if you say something like, if you're not as good as your word, all the way, on or off, 
then somebody has to be watching you do everything to make sure that you're doing what you promised to do because essentially there are really only three laws that you really need, you know, don't hurt anybody, don't take their stuff and do what you say you're going to do. Hmm. That's it. That's all you need. Really. Everything else after that is superfluous. Amen, man. That's, that's, and that's what we want to be at. You say it, say yes, say no, make it happen and stick to it. Just make sure that it's grounded at least have a sense of, in a foundation of where you, you have the discernment to know that you're doing the right thing. And have the discernment to know that when you make an honor-based deal, you're dealing with somebody honorable mm. because more and more, you're just going to be eaten alive by people. That doesn't mean that you should give up your own standards of integrity. It just means, you know, caveat emptor, buyer beware. Mm. You know, trust but verify, that kind of thing. And I've never understood that, by the way. Verifying something means you don't trust them. But nevertheless, Ronald Reagan has got everything right, so I'm probably wrong on this one. Uh, <laughs> that'll do it for this edition of the Virtue Signal made possible by the members here at BillWhittle.com. Fine, fine people who give us not only exciting and interesting topics, but who talk about these kind of things in our member forum all the time. You probably have some very, very, very good friends out there that you haven't met yet. And since that forum is for members only, you know, if you got some time on your hands, just head on over there, click the button. And I get a membership per month. If you don't like it, we just simply stop charging you. That's what honorable people do as a general rule. So thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you next time here on The Virtue Signal.